The house band Shadow Malice of the Warped Brew Tavern challenged the heroes to a battle of the bands. Pairing up for individual performances first, Tulak faced off against the lead singer, Rita, by matching her dancing lights and juggling an ever-burning torch. Kraka faced off against the drummer, Kragala, by competing percussion techniques and showmanship. And Gilda faced off against the lutinist, Golzash, by performing a rope escape act matching the climaxes of their song. The heroes having managed to show up their respective individual competitors, Shadow Malice played one of their best-known songs to a familiar crowd, and the heroes followed up by combining their efforts, which led to Tulak doing thunder and lightning foley work, Gilda doing a coin drop to windmill to dead drop improvised ballet, and Kraka singing opera for the first time, and they one? Wait, really? Wait, no, hold on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it says here they, they won, and the crowd went wild, and it specifies that they did not go wild without rage. What the They They liked it. The Morlocks liked it. How? Well, anyway... History is written by the victor and all that. Uh, sometimes it's hard to believe I was a Morlock once. Uh, they liked it. Well, let's move on. With Kraka as the face of the party, using his linguistic expertise in Undercommon, the heroes dug for more information from their new... fans. Without much luck, they decided to slip away. But just before they did, caught wind of someone imprisoned in the back room of the tavern. The tavern owner, Vishari, then entered and greeted the new champions of the stage, insisting that they stay to celebrate, which was more or less when Gilda tried to sucker punch her and pandemonium ensued, and eventually with every patron and employee of the tavern dead or unconscious on the floor, Shadow Malice returned to the stage to give the heroes an impressed slow clap. And a welcome back, listeners, to Stemming the Tide. It's me, your friend Scott, and we're kicking off another exciting adventure 
with me and my friends here. We got Duncan. We got Freeman. We got James. And we're zoo in the morning. <laughs> and we're we're all the zoo in the morning. The petting zoo. All right. I am fucking buzzing right now, guys. <laughs> y'all, y'all amped up? Y'all excited about something? You know what? I, I think I've been buzzing on the podcast before. It was when I was working outside of Starbucks and they just kept feeding us free Starbucks. And I was heavily caffeinated for that episode. Again? <laughs> well, we're back, baby. But this time it's Monster Energy Drinks. Ooh. I got a <laughs> Ultra Fiesta sugar-free mango and things are popping. Oh, that sounds like something from Idiocracy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the Brando. president. It's cut with plants crave. It's cut with scoots crave. <laughs> give it, give it, you gotta give them water. What? Like out of the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> it got me wondering what y'all think about highly caffeinated beverages. Energy <laughs> drinks, some people call them. Taurine. Mm. Tell me about T- it. Taurine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know much other than that. There was a couple of flavors years ago that I used to love. And, uh, and I, I, I was drinking way too many of them, like, th- like three tall boys a day minimum. And they were like cheap down the road at the store. And it was like, it was bad. What was your brand? Uh, I think it was, it was the Mountain Dew one amped or something like that. Oof. And there were, there was a couple, couple, couple flavor, a couple color flavor ones that I really liked, but I had to cut myself off. I haven't touched an energy drink since. I did. You got to get rid of those heart palpitations. It's weird because I don't really like like sweet and like pop things at all. But for some reason, there was these couple flavors that I just loved and I just couldn't get enough of them. But like, I won't go near like a Pepsi or a Coke or Sprite. Like, I don't like any of it. Yeah. Weirdly, they don't each have 160 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. I wonder if that <laughs> might be it. But besi- besides that, I mean, I... I, I I have a habit of getting a cup of coffee when I get into work or when I go for breakfast, but but I don't don't find myself to be terribly reliant on caffeine in general. Oh, must be nice. Yeah, Duncan, you look like a guy who enjoys a heavy dose of caffeine in your life. Strung out is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am chugging tepid coffee right now to get on to the hot pot of coffee that I delayed the recording of this podcast to brew. <laughs> at 9 30 p.m <laughs> that's the way that's that's when you want to be drinking coffee for those who don't know duncan is from the far east coast yeah, as coasty as you get there's a, an extra time zone out there in the atlantic that most people don't even <laughs> yeah. know about <laughs> yeah um, yeah i'm huge on the energy drinks well used to be huge on the energy drinks now i like to limit myself to uh you know road trip energy drinks every now and then but I still drink the NOS. You're your NOS guy. Yeah. Is it because of your love of Fast and Furious? <laughs> it is exactly. It's my love of family more than anything. Familia. <laughs> yeah. You can have any energy drink you want as long as it's a NOS. Oh, yeah. Well, it's in, it's in the monster umbrella of families. I know that because I'm an avid hunter of energy drink deals at gas stations. Mm. So. Um, James. Big uh, Jagger bomb guy or what? <laughs> uh, is is that what they're calling Red Bull and Jagermeister? Yeah, that's it. Yes, that's what the kids okay. call it. I've yeah. done a couple of those in my day. Um, I've done a couple of hand grenades, uh, which are somehow worse. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I, I was in this bar What's the in hand London. Grenade? Is that with like the cinnamon liqueur or something? Like gold uh, No, it's, Fireball. I think it's vodka, vodka and Jaeger, but you balance the two oh. shots on top. So you oh, pull the vodka pull, so the Jaeger the falls in. Yeah. You yeah, shoot yeah. the vodka and then you chug the it's whole great. thing. Gross. This but at this bar in London, I did a bunch of uh, what at the time were called devil's advocates, which were equal parts of Red Bull and vodka. Mm. Uh, so I haven't had an energy drink in like 15 years. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Oh, the technology is uh, coming. Yeah, I definitely way. got like heart palpitations. Um, <laughs> and I just, I never liked the taste. I still don't like the taste. Like caffeine in general, I'm trying to wean myself off of uh, to a degree. Like I still have a liter of coffee in the morning, <laughs> but I don't do red eyes. I don't do any coffee after 10 a.m. anymore. Um, it's, it's, it's all decaf tea cause I just get jittery. I'm getting too old for that. Oh shit. yeah. Yeah. I used to like, a, I used to like a sugar free Red Bull because mm. the only way I could describe it is it's deliciously gross. Mm. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's, it's like, a weird it's like, you know, those medicines that you liked as a kid, like the banana penicillin and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of like that, but for yeah. adults and tastes like gross. medicine, but you don't hate, you don't quite hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Like it would be sold as like a, it would be sold as a tincture or a tonic in a bottle from a snake oil salesman. Yeah. Like a hundred years ago. <laughs> when I was fresh 19 was when I feel like Red Bull, like Jager bombs were becoming quite popular. And we would just go to the bar and have like, we, we went to this bar called plan B and knew all the bartenders there. And we would just crush like, I, I swear like 20 Jager bombs in a night. And so you're averaging like oh. it's like six cans of Red Bull in a night while you're just out there partying. I don't I don't know how you guys handle it. Like it just they don't taste good, and I never felt good after though. Oh, I'm not healthy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm rotten on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I don't know I don't know. I mean, caffeine caffeine is something I think we could all get behind. The the sloppy white girl wasted mixing of caffeine and alcohol. We'll we'll leave that to Scott. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Speaking of uh, caffeine and getting pepped up, we got a bunch of unconscious bodies in front of us that could use a little caffeine. <laughs> you really do. This this comment went down weird, and I, I you're in a you're, I mean you're in a bar, kind of appropriate. Uh, you know, there's some weird dinctures behind the bar that the guy tried to sell you, so. Those are uh, up for grabs. Who knows? Maybe they're caffeine loaded as well. But yeah, you you uh, you have managed to uh, kill a couple of Morlocks, but you've knocked out the the Drider, two of the Morlocks, it appears, and the uh, Vishari, the uh, the sort of proprietor of this tavern. <laughs> uh, more or less, rules is written. Um, we haven't really covered like how unconscious works too much. The last one was the that Sugathi that you ended up just like killing. You can give or, give or take about ten minutes of something after being like knocked unconscious, uh, and they will uh, recover one hit point and, and gain consciousness again. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. Oh, of course, GM's discretion uh, on the time on that, but that, that's probably what you feel like you get right here, um, despite how hard Lady Guild punches. <laughs> maybe I'll tag on a couple extra minutes. We'll see. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, the last thing that's happened is the, uh, you've, you've finished this sort of like bravern, uh, bravern tall <laughs> tavern brawl, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the band shadow malice has come on the stage and slow clapped your victory. What do you do with this information? 
We accept donations. <laughs> Tulok's in the northern room, mostly out of eye shot of Lady Gilda. Right. And oh, yeah. uh, he is going to take the dagger of venom out of his sheath and just stab this Morlock in the throat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was probably for the best because I, I, off, off mic, I was a little confused as to uh, how that one was still alive when it, it's clearly gotten in Gilda's punch range. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's got the dying condition. That, so maybe that one is already I think dead, that one was dead. You just yeah. give it the extra... Give it the extra heave ho, just in case. <laughs> it's not like Tulak to leave a one alone. No. So, listeners, yeah. <laughs> sorry we forgot. If it wasn't dead before, it's fucking dead now. Definitely dead now, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lady Gilda, you're standing on top of Vishari, so I'm just going to move you aside there real quick so you're not uh, uh, straddling her <laughs> unconscious body. She's got her boot to the neck. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you guys are just going to sort of hover for a sec. Uh, the band starts to hop down off the stage and makes their way uh, sort of to the center of the room, close to the double doors that are on the western side. And uh, the singer, Rita, uh, is just like, kind of like smirking and says, you guys are something else. I guess we're going to hightail it. We'll have to find a new place for a regular gig. Hey, friends. Kind of looking at her bandmates. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, no! no. I'm in. I, I was letting you finish out of respect, but the second that they said that, <laughs> Tulok is stepping towards that northern door and is has already told the skeletal champion to cut them off. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gilda gives you a, a questioning look of concern. Well, yeah. and Wright is like, "Huh? Uh, hey, what? What gives?" Um. I think we should just have a quick conversa- conversation before you consider going through those doors. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're just going to start off. I'd like to know what are behind those doors and who might be behind them. Uh, well, it's the way out, as far as we know. Out how? Out through the upper floors. So is there a stairwell? No, we're not all just from down here. Uh, there's a couple hallways. And then it leads to the stairway that goes up. I'm going to make myself clear right now. I want you to tell me many, many details if you would like to leave without trouble right now. Because I don't know who's on the other side of that door. And we don't need another fight right now. All right, all right, all right. I see I see what you're getting at. We're, we're not trying to bring someone in here to take you on. I mean, we could probably do it ourselves. Uh, but we're not interested. I would like to perception check on, like, a sense motive. One, on if they're telling the truth about what's out there. And two, I want to know if he actually thinks if he could kick our ass, because I don't believe that either. <laughs> uh, you get the feeling they're reasonably confident in their combat abilities. Maybe they would have fared better had they ambushed you with the rest of the people in the room. But they didn't. Um, but... As far as you can tell, they're telling your right is telling the truth. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I am sorry. It's just precautions. Perhaps we'll come with you to the stairwell that you say goes up. Just to make sure. You make it out. Okay. Well, if uh, you want to escort us, I suppose. 
Anyone else got any issues with us leaving? Yilda's already moved to the back room and she's starting to do uh, medicine checks on these these injured folk. Okay. <laughs> and while she's doing that, Trekka is slow or silently killing the other knockdown creatures. <laughs> okay. Um, so right uh here's here's what happened. We got we're gonna take this a little bit at a time here. Rida is going to awkwardly sidestep the skeletal champion because it hasn't moved yet and just kind of gingerly put a hand on the door and cracks one of the doors. And the skeletal champion also slumps to the floor, by the way. Okay, now it's gone. Let's say that the, yeah, the time is probably passed for it to move. Okay. Because you can keep sustaining, I think, but it's up to what, a minute or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably coming pretty close. And so, and then Rida just like opens the door, gives you a look like, see, it's fine. And then starts to walk out and then Nox, the Theorbo player, follows suit and then Kragala, the drummer as well. And then last is Golzash who, who uh, before stepping to the door stops, looks all around the room. It just takes their loot and just tosses it on the floor and like abandons it and then just walks out of the room and yeah you can see to lock if you if you come and look at them uh that um the uh it's just another hallway that leads to a double doors on on the west end it's a 10 foot wide hallway and there's a couple double doors that lead to the north and so they head to the north and crack those doors and continue down a long a long hallway that ends in a room that appears to be empty at the end and then they hang a right towards more double doors which lead to the spiral staircase that you guys have been entered in with Trucka would like to take the loot. Mm, a true artist seeks no payment. <laughs> well, first, are, are you killing these creatures? Oh yeah, super. Dead. Okay, in which in which order are you killing these creatures? Ooh, I think I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> which one goes first? The drider. Drider. Okay. So you just walk over and what? Axe to the neck kicked down with your foot yeah <laughs> yeah s- somewhere in that uh, in that fused thorax oh man head kind of thing to get going yeah all right and you just crunch down and dead uh next the owner of the bear owner of the bar okay Tulak, how far do you do you go or do you just watch them go down the hallway and you make your way back in i walked all the way north up to see them go into that spiral staircase room Okay. And glanced in. In that case, I will say that when um, Kruka kills Vishari, he is the only one uh, that is in range of her necrotic decay. Because as you as you slice into her, her body, her 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 flesh starts to just like rot away into this just, like foul smelling gas, and this five foot emanation of uh, gas just like erupts in your face. Uh, and he should roll me a fortitude save. Oof. Well, at least I'm a master fortitude saver. <laughs> the seven on the die for a 22. Uh, it's a fail, I'm afraid. Uh, you take 35 oh, ne- no. uh, negative damage. <laughs> okay. And uh, and uh, this gas also enters the nostrils of the Morlock next to you and kills it. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> two birds with one stone. Then. Saving you the effort. Got two birds stone at once, eh? That was something I actually thought I'd forgotten after the last session. I was kicking myself. I was like, oh, no, wait. They knocked her unconscious. 
not undead, so they they are unconscious, not destroyed. And I was just waiting, for, waiting for this exactly. I was hoping you're all so, gonna be around it. <laughs> Tulak just walks back into him, like choking on this gas, like this poisonous <laughs> gas. All around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she just exploded. <laughs> what are you smoking? <laughs> and uh, Tulak, you can see that the the loot on the floor as you come back in is like pretty well reinforced, and it looks battle ready actually. Uh, and it's a plus one battle loot. I believe Kraka picked it up already. No, that was I, I made him do the killings first. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, but it's a plus one striking battle loot actually. So what? some sweet runes on there. Yeah, it's <laughs> a wild ride. So I can Where put are my that, bards at? I can put that in someone's inventory. Whoever wants it. Tulak picks it up and gesture, gestures to Kraka. Okay. Hmm. Look at this. It's a loot made for combat. Perhaps you might take a look at it? Ah, yes. The pen is mightier than the sword, but (laughs) the rune-etched battle loot is mightier than the pen. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't Uh, need it now, though, I can always just put it into the bag of holding. I'll hold on to it. I I meander. (laughs) You dabble. I don't quite know what. I think I assume it says, like, bludgeoning damage, but it's got the two-handed D8 trait, so you can actually switch between one and two hands if you want. And it's the shove trade, actually, too. It's pretty cool. I feel like Krukka's a guy, it's kind of like myself, in that he has many, many hobbies, but is pretty shitty at all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he knows more about things than he, like, of the existence of things at a very surface level than any actual deep <laughs> knowledge in a subject. Oh, It'd be great on the first half of Jeopardy. <laughs> Uh, well, it's hitting me- a little close to home. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, well, Krukka is uh, mercilessly slaughtering creatures and coughing some, uh, coughing up a lung, and Tulak is uh, <laughs> spying on the band and coming back. Lady Gilda, you are in the room to the north. The reason you came in here to begin with, or like jumped them anyway, and also I assume avoiding the horrible axe <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be a reckoning at some point where she's going to, uh, like, this might be the situation where her plausible deniability goes out the window to, to go back into a room and see a bunch of headless corpses. <laughs> and, like, even even Bashari is, like, just melted away, basically. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, so you come in, and uh, there's only, uh, there's three, so there's three creatures in this room. You heard the voice of one originally behind the door. Um, and the one that is like alert and conscious is this person, um, a uh, sort of purple-hued uh, elf with silver hair who looks pretty worse for wear, and they're all sort of like uh, uh, tied up and like attached to like meat hooks, um, and they look pretty rough. Uh, there is uh, this dude as well who is unconscious. Looks like a sort of emaciated dwarf almost. He looks like a naked red cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big, long white beard and these massive white eyebrows. Uh, and like just wearing like a loincloth uh, and some raggedy, raggedy clothes and stuff. And then there is also this creature who is conscious, but sort of just muttering to itself. Uh, wearing raggedy clothes and whatnot, and uh, hasn't really registered you despite being conscious at all that you've walked into the room. 
and the 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 elf is like thank you are they are they dead now try not to speak uh she will do a medicine check just to see how bad his wounds actually are and if they're magical in nature it's a 28 uh he looks he looks rough but like but fine like it's most of its uh what's the word um superficial like wounds and stuff um looks more than anything um dehydrated and hungry and exhausted um but not nothing uh nothing tremendous no tremendous damage done to his body but his wounds appeared to be right at a glimpse right away you could tell they're they're fresher than the others uh okay she will then uh treat wounds it's a 22 four points of hp back all right and she will hand him a ration like half of a ration not not a lot mm-hmm. are you gonna get on time first yeah yeah she'll uh just break those bonds just uh, athletics them off and he kind of slumps to the floor for a sec, you know, and like just starts to try and stretch because he's been, you know, in one position for a little, little too long, uh, and then very eagerly grabs the ration from your hand. Um, but it all, you know, but doesn't waste your time in saying, "What water? Do you have any water?" Yeah, she'll hand uh, them her water skin as well, and just Thank you. eat slowly, drink slowly. You've been without, and if you go too hard. It's all going to come back up. So be careful. Yes. And be slow, no yes. matter how much you want. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 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 And then she'll move on to the uh, the other conscious one. The Yeah. Uh, you want to roll me a society check on this creature? 19. So this appears to you to be a skulk, um, which are cowardly, lazy, kind of underdark creatures. Underdark? Darklands. Long game. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, they're not really like pleasant, like they, they just they're they're lazy and selfish and, and they like to, they basically usually live on the fringes of organized societies and steal and um they even murder is like merely another necessity to like their whole thing. They're just they're just like unpleasant but like not like super hostile, definitely cowards kind of creature. But the, this one in particular is just like staring at the wall kind of thing and just muttering and just saying and just being like Men, men in their many, many rags, many colored rags. Takes, takes the hand. He takes the hand. The man, the model, the mottled, the mottled one. Um, and you're doing a medicine check again. Yeah, just to check the wounds, uh, make sure they're not magical and they are capable of being healed by mundane means. Yeah, appears to be uh superficial as well not quite as new as the elf and uh but you do notice right away that their uh their right hand is missing but it's appears to be healed over but it's just gone and what type of sorry what type of uh wounds have they sustained like they just look like they've been beat up they've been they've been like punched and kicked and just abused basically bullied tenderized <laughs> exactly tenderized to get before they go into the oven that's a 26 to treat wounds and 20 hp back yeah the moment you touch the skull it just like shut it like kind of like shies away from the touch but but still without looking at you and then just lets you do whatever you want to do it just doesn't pay attention to you at all 
uh, then she will uh, loose the bonds after the wounds have been dressed. Okay. And it just slumps to the side. Just Keaton continues its muttering about about the hand had taken away the man, the motley, the motley rags, over and over. And over. Uh, at that point, if she hears Tulak in here uh, back, she'll she'll call to, uh, to Tulak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tulak, we've got one in here who's uh, suffered some trauma and they seem to be a little further rattled. What do you know of skulks and their anatomy? Is there something you can do to help them deal with this mentally, perhaps? Uh, And she'll move over to the the dwarf-looking thing. And you can roll me a society on that as well, if you like. 24. Uh, Okay, so this is actually a deep gnome, also known as the Svirfneblin. Oh, reclusive underground dwellers. The uh, this one appears probably has been here the longest. Very emaciated, uh, in real rough shape, but just passed out. Okay, she will start with a lay on hands then. Um, so that will just be eighteen back if it uh, if it accepts positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she will do a medicine check. Uh, that's a 30, just to try and gauge its wounds. Like, if that lay on hands did anything, or if this creature is actually just too far gone. Yeah, I see. Like, you lay on hands, and he just, just, oh, just wakes up from the slumber. Oh, I will oh, kill him! I'll kill him! He just starts looking around and sees you, and just like, you know, probably med kit in hand. <laughs> you know, just blasted him with yeah. healing. He's like, oh, what? what's happening? How are you? What language are they speaking? Well, at first it's gnomish, but no one would know that. And then it switches to undercommon. But it sees another face. Uh, She shakes her head no, and then uh, tries to treat wounds. And by the way, the elf spoke to you in elvish, elven. And the other one is speaking common. Uh, That will be another nine to the deep gnome. Okay. Uh, And... After treating the wounds, then she will then undo the bonds. And does Krukka speak under common? Yes. Krukka's the only but one. But while this is all going on, he's behind the bar. First, he's going to do a nature, or sorry, a medicine check on himself because he's beat the fuck up. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he, he kind of got his fill of talking to people before this whole fracas happened. So, uh,. <laughs> 28, so he'll get 10 HP back, and which is not much, but it's something. And I'd like to search behind the bar, including that um, little thing of alchemical elixirs and whatnot. Maybe an elixir of uh, crimson longhorns or something. Yeah, there's like the boulder, boulder head box, spiderfoot brew, bravos brew, wine of the blood, and a sang wine. Uh, which is a sang- sanguine uh, mutagen. And then there, you actually find seven gold pieces as well. Sweet. On the bodies, you don't find anything except for uh, with the drider who had a plus one composite longbow, a glaive, some arrows, and a book of, um, of crudely drawn drow uh, pornography. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Well, that I they were they, of those she was want, literally just standing the in the bar like what, looking at it and just flipping through the pages when you guys came in. I respect that. 
having the confidence to casually browse pornography. <laughs> I mean, she's fuck. the bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's going to take it all. Back to the others. So Tulok turns to this. Is it a drow? The uh, uh, Roll Me a Society. 22. Yes, it's a drow. So Tulok approaches the drow and will begin speaking in Elven and says, What is your name? How long have you been here for? Tell us what's happened. My name is Tulok, and these are my companions. Who are you? Uh, and after taking a bit of a haul on the water skin, takes a deep breath. Gilda will then pass the water skin to the, the deep gnome. Okay. And, <laughs> Reluctantly uh, gives the to you. Half the yeah. Ration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, my name is Falshi Oshendiel. <sighs> I come from a small outpost of my people called Ildaris. Not sure how long I've been here. A <sighs> week or so, maybe more. How did you end up here? How were you taken prisoner? I'm a scout for my people. I was out with two others. And we were uh, out a bit farther than usual. We stumbled upon a couple of the Erdafons near Eldaris. Warlike people. Nasty. And, uh, well, just like, just like that owner of this so-called tavern. We were jumped and I was knocked unconscious. I woke up here. I can't explain how I came up so far. What was the noun that he used there? Not Eldaris, the other one? Uh, like a small outpost? No. Um, an, the, he used a proper noun. Um, what, what they stumbled upon. Oh, the Erdafon. So you've done, I think you've done checks on the Erdafon already. So that's, that's what the, what uh, creature Vishari was, the tavern owner. And uh, it's the creature that was uh, turned to stone in the previous floor as well. That appeared to have like translucent skin. They're basically like a warmongering kind of dark lands group of creatures. Okay. Vishari wasn't a Valstrix? Nope. No, because she, she's got like translucent... I'll show you the artwork again. Like she's got translucent skin. So you can see all the organs inside. And she's got like a lipless, like oh, fanged yeah. face and a long tongue. Yeah. Right. We've like, got one with the basilisk blood and fought one earlier. What do you know of your companions here? Uh, I have been here the shortest amount of time. I think the gnome here has been the longest... Not much of a conversationalist, though, are you? <laughs> and the guy's just like, grumbles. <laughs> uh, the skulk over there, I'm not so sure. She seems to have muttered only the whole time I've been here. She doesn't say anything to us. My friend here has released you from your bonds. I would hope that we can trust you not to turn us in at all, as you've been a prisoner yourself. Of course. Thank you. I have no ill will against you. In fact, I owe you my life. Should you come down to Eldaris, I recommend you visit. We do accept traitors at the settlement. Though if you arrive, do so peacefully. 
And if I make my way back, I'll be sure they grant you access and a warm bed. What is your hope now? That we let you go and you go back down into the ground? Or would it be easier to go up and out? Oh, no. No, my people do not dwell on the surface. I will return to Ildaris as fast as I can. Tulas confused because he doesn't know the fucking way. I've caught wind that from the uh, errant whisperings and conversations of these Morlocks and the Erdafon that I am further toward, uh, further clo- much closer to the surface than Eldaris. So all I need to know is go down. If I find myself into the Darklands caverns, I can navigate them. Uh, can I pull out Volok's map and have, uh, the papers and the journals and, and have, um, this drow point out where Ildaris is so we have a general idea? None of the maps cover that area. You get the impression that Ildaris is quite a, quite a ways down compared to where you're at based on this conversation. Like, just down and, like, away, right? It's not, like, directly underneath this or anything. It's just... The tunnels right, connect yeah. somehow. Yeah, like so, because you've already discovered like a little bit here and there some tunnels that you can't really, but like you're kind of close to surface, you don't see many, right? So, I mean, you're likely to see more as you go, and those would be like beyond the scope of the adventure kind of tunnels because you can't navigate them. But someone like someone like him could, or these dark lands creatures. So they have like based they uh, you you can sort of safely assume they will have a safe route back if they're left to their own devices. So it's interesting. It's like the deeper we go down before they would be taking prisoners from above. But now we're deep enough underground that the prisoners are basically coming from below. It all really uh, you're, you're it's a great observation. And I think the thing that needs to be considered with that is. Uh, who captured who and what are the independent motivations for those capturings? You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. In this case, these people are just food. There's no 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 knowable story of how this drow came all the way up and ended up in the cellar because it was unconscious the whole time, but that seems to be the case. Okay, I mean, and the same goes for um, the other two. Like the skulk is likely a surface dweller, and the deep gnome definitely not. So, Tulok is going to leave them there then, and I think we should just do a full search of. This room, the room to the south, and go into the green room where the band was and search in there too. Because if nothing else, there's probably drugs and booze in there. This <laughs> <laughs> regular old fish concert. <laughs> uh, Falshi, if we were to arm you, do you think you could escort our deep gnome and skulk friend here back to Ildris where they may recover in peace? I can see them towards the tunnels, though I'm sure they'll part ways with me when they see fit. But yes, uh, I can do my best, but when I find the direction to my home, I will take it, with or without them. All I ask is that you try, and then your and my debt will be settled. Sounds like a fair deal. Okay, uh, she'll call it to Tulak and Krugger. Any, any leftover weapons that we can we, we, we can salvage and give to these three travelers. Does he play the battle loot? <laughs> uh, do you play the battle loot? I have I've knocked the, the 
Not the digital dexterity, no. Okay, uh, then Glaive it is. <laughs> uh, so while they search the room, Gilda will just alternate between treat wounds and lay on hands to get them as high in HP as she possibly can okay. before they set out on their journey. And Krakow would like to uh, nonchalantly try to get himself into that rotation because he's still really hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can roll for it if you want, but I feel like if we just take an hour, everybody will be fine. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So we've definitely spent a good uh, 20 minutes so far, and then you're going to take another hour? Yeah, it'd be 30 so far, so an hour and a half, because uh, treat wounds on each of them is 10 minutes. Okay, so I'll take another 10 on there. So we're coming around 1 in the afternoon, 1,300 hours. And that gives them a full hour to search the uh, the tavern or yeah. go down any hallways they want to go down. For sure, so. yeah. All right, so tavern is pretty scant other than what Kraka uh, found. Tulak, you're going to pop into the backstage area? Yes, sir. Cool. Uh, if you want to just start calculating some healing there behind the scenes, Chames and or Duncan. Um, that's Tulak, not you, any language, this year. That is me talking. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, you pop into the old backstage, and you can see there are uh, various props uh, that haven't been used for a long time. Things like, I don't know, juggling balls and sock puppets or some shit. And um, you can see someone clearly, there's clearly someone's been sleeping on like a folded curtain in here. And the curtain's actually in surprisingly good condition. Um, and you would suspect it would actually, it would probably get some, uh, probably get some money out of it. Um, it's probably worth about 10 gold. But it smells vaguely of body stink. <laughs> uh, it's not, not, it needs to be aired out for sure. But it's uh, but it's five bulk. It's really heavy. It's a big, heavy curtain. What? There's just a ten gold curtain randomly in the yep. adventure path. Yep. <laughs> it's made of velvet. Well, whatever, man. I got a fucking bag of holding. Give it to me. All right. I'll throw it in there. Um, uh, you should probably take the what I took off that uh, drider as well, because I didn't realize a glaive is uh, four bulk. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, if you're leaving the glaive behind for them, you can just remove that, and then also take the composite bow because that's also yeah. for bulk. Yeah, yeah, I'll take all. We'll take all that. Composite bow might be good for Lady Gilda too, because that's like composite means you can use your strength with it. Okay. Anything else in the green room other than that? Yeah. Well, actually, actually, as you start like pull, like dragging this curtain into the bag of holding, you realize a cloak falls out that was kind of wrapped up inside. Um, I start to feed it to Duffy. <laughs> He's like, hmm, oh, 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 that's a very soft curtain. What, what's this? Oh, a cloak. Hmm, tasty. Tastes like, oh, tastes like something it shouldn't. Like it's something else. Like it's tricking me. It's almost okay. like there's nothing there at all. I don't know how to explain it. It's magical, though. Obviously. And what type of magic would I roll? Um, let me just... I like to think Duffy was the one that went... (gasps) (laughs) Sure was. Also, I don't know, while you're looking that up, if anyone has seen the movie Green Room by uh, the A24 movie. Love that movie. I remember hearing about Anton Yelchin and uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's no particular DC that's... uh, Or... uh, uh, whatchamacallit, I can't think of words again today. Um, yeah, all the DCs are the same, but if you detect magic on it, it has the illusion 
Uh, Tulak will attention. roll an occult roll on it. Okay, please do. What'd you get? 28. Yeah, good enough. This is what is known as a clandestine cloak. A clandestine? I don't know. When you pull the hood of this nondescript gray cloak, which is an interact action, you become drab and uninteresting, gaining a plus one item bonus to stealth checks and deception checks to impersonate a forgettable background character, such as a servant. But also take a minus one penalty to diplomacy and intimidation checks. Uh, there's a two action envision and interact uh, once per day on it. And the effect is you pull the cloak's hood up and gain the benefits of non-detection, which is a third level spell for one hour or until you pull the head down, whichever comes first. Hmm. And non-detection is basically you uh, erect protective wards that make the target uh, difficult to detect via magic. So non-detection attempts to counteract all detection re- uh, revelation of scrying divinations made against the target of the target's gear through the duration, uh, counting cantrips as first-level spells for the purpose, um, so on and so forth. Wow. Yeah. Kind of a neat little thing. Not sure Very cool. how and where I'll be helpful. Or maybe I am, I'm just not telling you. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, that's 130 HP after Krug is filled up to distribute between the three of them. Thank nice. you. Uh, I'd like to take seven of those. Nine. nine. <laughs> nine uh, I actually rolled nine on a treat wound. Really? So that's, that's, that's 121. <laughs> Bam. Oh, that's funny. You, you sure you're okay over there, buddy? I'll be fine. <laughs> Walk it off. Uh, everyone healed. Where to next? And are you ga- are you regathering when you continue? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Guild is going to try and arm these these beings, but she doesn't have any weapons other than the cooperative blade currently, so. Yeah, Tulak doesn't have anything that isn't fucking way too dope for them. I mean, like, you can give the glaive to Falshi, and, like, the Skulk is not going to even, like, grab anything from you. Uh, doesn't care. Is totally distracted and muttering. Just saying, again, the same things over and over and over. Something about the man who takes the hand and the mottled rags and the many-colored rags and blah, 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 blah. And then um, the deep gnome um, will just, like, happily grab anything, like just a, a chair leg that uses a club uh, and seems to seems to have no issue with uh, uh, using that to hit someone over the head with. In the... Uh green room there's a door to the north does Tulak hear anything behind it you do not he opens it okay yeah you've got yourself a dressing room of sorts oversized furniture certainly intended for uh, rooms uh, larger than this one Um, but they've all been jammed in here there's a really acrid smell of burning paint that fills the air Mm. and it's pretty clear that this has been a really well used room it's probably where the the, uh, band hung out Okay, so this is a green room. Tulak will yeah. do a full search in this room. Okay. And you don't really discover anything of use. Krukka's going to okay. join him to search thoroughly. And there's another... Well, Krukka's coming down. There's another door to the north. Does Tulak hear anything behind that? You do not. He opens that. But he waits until Krukka's in the room. Sure. Strength in numbers. Oh, also, and detect magic in this room. Uh, Yep, uh, you don't detect anything. So you uh, crack this door and it placed against the east wall is a disgusting buffet uh, or uh, disgusting buffet table that holds a buffet of smelly fried morsels, gloppy dip, uh, dipping sauce and spiny mushrooms. 
Um, looks like it's all kind of partially eaten. Uh, I feel like Disgusting Buffet would be a good metal band name or punk band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you pull the door open, too, you can see written on the side that would face this buffet room. As um, it just has a, a in under common, there's uh, that Krakow will see it just reads performers on them. And Tulak will search that room. Taking a look around, nothing. Don't find anything. Um, and uh, no magic. How about Krakow? Nope, nothing. Do you know they just throw this out at the end of the night if nobody <laughs> eats it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know wasteful. about down here, Krakow. This could have been from weeks ago. Uh, so Tulak heads north. It's a hallway that they've seen already. Yep, that's where Vishari came out of. He's thinking that we should all regroup, and he will mention the cloak once they're all together. And so in that hallway, there is one door to the north as well. And in, like, the kitchen area where you found those three, there's also a hallway that leads, I should say for the listeners, a hallway that leads to the uh, east and north and a, a single door on the southwest, uh, sorry, west and north. A door on the southeastern side of the room. And the room is just like, you know, the kitchen itself is just filled with alcoves of like, you know, uh, curing meats and oil stains and gristle and all kinds of shitty, gross things. It's a real unclean kitchen. Okay, they're healed and armed. Uh, Gilda will direct them to the hallway and then uh, have Tulak show them where the staircase was, I guess. Did the staircase go further down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is this is the, the, the part of the staircase, like the floor up. You could tell it went two more floors down. So you're in the middle one right now. But okay. it just spirals all the way. You know, yeah, further and further down. Okay. I guess Tulak then will bring them to that staircase. We'll peek into the staircase again in case you want to tell me anything about it, and then we'll come back. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, they kind of guide the skulk along, and uh, yeah, once they get a little farther, they, they start to, you know, pump up it with a little bit of energy, and um, and uh, and they follow Fauci's lead, and yep, they, uh, they take off. All right, and Tulak says, goodbye, Fauci. Well, we know what happens if we get a TPK. We just play that crew. Right. <laughs> Thank you again for what you've done. Remember, if you find Adaris, come in peace and you will find shelter. It really keeps reiterating that, but I guess technically or well, like traditionally, drow people be evil. Yeah, so you can, you know, given given the changes in two E and Galarian and all this stuff, you know, um, you you don't have to you don't have to assume that they're just going to be evil, but you probably would assume they're militaristic. So coming in peace is more of like a respect and don't get yourself shot at the door kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to this is spared a you know, moment. Yeah, you get the feeling that he's he's probably not at liberty to actually tell you much about the place, but like you said, they accept traitors. Come in peace, and he'll vouch for you. We're going to the Prancing Pony, and our business is our own. <laughs> Did you just make that up, Scott? Is that a budget Wheel of Time reference? <laughs> it's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Uh, I agree. Uh, um, okay, so Tulak will mention the cloak to see if anyone else wants it, a.k.a. does anyone want to roll off on it? It is a level 6 magic item. Yeah, remind me what it does again. 
it basically allows you to like you know become kind of nondescript you put the hood up you look like a, a sort of no detailed kind of person you can cast non-detection on yourself once a day and um gives you a bonus to deception checks but like a penalty yeah, yeah. i'm not wearing a cloak i'm no. in on this roll off yeah so basically the non-detection is there's two different things there's the there's the you can impersonate i don't know like an npc and then also once uh once a day for an hour you can use non-detection, which essentially means you can't be like scried upon or detected or revealed through magic means, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it. Okay. I'll roll off for that. Uh that this this could be a great option for Gilda's lack of stealth is is the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I guess yeah. this you could the stealth checks are are you know, you get a plus one item bonus regardless, and then the deception you get a bonus to deception to impersonate. On top of that, yeah. I rolled. <laughs> I got a thirteen. Uh, I got a natural twenty. But Tulok will take the cloak and hands it to Gilda and says, <laughs> "Perhaps you could use the stealth." Uh, well, so just so we're clear, that makes my stealth modifier from a one to a two. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I'll I'll take it, but just so you know what you're giving away for what. Whatever, uh, it's fine. Okay, that one. It's is it an invested item? It is an yes. invested item. Yes. How many slots you got left? I got four left. Is that it? Yeah, I'm up to six already. So. Damn. Uh, yeah. I mean, the hand wraps, the half plate, the hunter's brooch, the epaulets, the bracers, and the wayfinder. So. Oh yeah. Um, why why don't you just take it too luck? Because if I ever max out, that's going to be the first thing to go. I think. All right. Yeah, I I'm I I know we just went over it, but it, I just I the more I look at it, the less value I'm seeing in it for a Gilda. Um, pl- like if it's just a plus one to stealth, then that's not a whole lot. Uh, the inti- the the deception could be valuable, but we can always just trade the cloak off. Uh, just takes like no time at all to invest in this system so don't forget too you guys have a hat of disguise a greater hat of disguise in uh in the bag of holding as well if you ever need it yeah we do we should just get duffy to wear it (laughs) or um or morlebin he can just wear it and be physic for a few days (laughs) oh okay gilda will open this uh this door in the kitchen that's hopefully just a cupboard uh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's a storage room. Uh, spare chairs and shelves with filled with grimy bottles and poorly cleaned dishes, all about, and a door to the uh northeast. All the while taking the defend action, she will open this as quiet as possible to the point where I'm going to roll that uh that that trash stealth check. Okay. <laughs> Julia's gonna aid by being like, ah, just make sure you lift while you jiggle. <laughs> And AIDS. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you crack the door and you just see a room that is, it's got a few shelves and and, uh, and whatnot and a, a whole bunch of like uh, sort of pots and containers. Uh, but the whole thing appears to be covered in the sort of fuzzy yellow moss. Um, it looks like it's more like 
focused on the it's like really built up in the, the northeast corner of it's just like a, it's just 10 by 10 room um but it seems to spread across the whole room in some way yeah that's coming to life uh Krekka's gonna want to search the room that they're in before they move it all. uh yeah you, you don't find anything of value Tulak turns to Krekka and says Krekka have you seen anything like this in the woods and points to the moss hmm yellow color of the sun let me think and nature check I think <laughs> Uh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Let's do uh nature. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely this sort of fungal mold. You're you're not quite sure if it's mundane or not. Just mold in an unclean room. I've seen this before, and would recommend cleaning the dishes. <laughs> Poof! I feel metagamey. You didn't roll very well. <laughs> could be could, could go either way, really. <laughs> you know. I mean, I sometimes I'm like, it's mundane. What, what do I say here? <laughs> like, or it's not. And like, oh shit, what do I say here to make you think it is? <laughs> Tulak's standing outside the room and would just like to roll. Would like to roll a perception check just to see if there's anything that he can see from there that would be worth money. Um, no, nothing you can spot. Tulak leaves the room. Wait, but if we think that it's mundane, Tulak's gonna fucking step in and search the room. Um, okay, Tulak, you're gonna step in? Yeah, if Krakka says it's mundane. I said it might be mundane. <laughs> uh, you step in, and sure enough, there is a chain reaction <laughs> of spores just go as you disturb some of the mold at your feet, and it gets bigger and bigger uh, as, um, as it goes. And I need you to roll me a fortitude save as these spores... Enter your lungs very quickly. Uh, I'm going to use a hero point. I rolled a 15. Okay. <laughs> 24. Fail. Ooh. <laughs> you are going to take uh, three poison damage. And you are drained one. And uh, you basically uh, need to roll me another fortitude save. 28. Okay. You're good. You probably leap back out of the room or some such, but like you you, you take this poison damage and you can feel it like immediately sapping the energy of your body and the spores have even like spread out to like the, the front uh, the, the first five feet before the door as they, they just launched off and bounced off the walls and stuff and through the threshold. But yeah, uh, before long, the drain just kind of you, you recover pretty quickly. So Tulak steps out. He's like, <coughs> oh man, <laughs> that's that's not mundane, Krakka. There was something in there. Oh, I was thinking of the green one. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I was thinking of asbestos. That stuff's great. But yeah, that, that could have been a lot uh, worse. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Gilda is going to do a medicine check to treat poison on you, just in case you start moving down this track later. Cool. That's a 17. Uh, so I guess we'll know if you decide to if you end up moving down the track if it's a success it gives you a plus two if it's a critical success which it's definitely not it gives you a plus four what I can tell you even just with that check is that this is a poison not a disease so they just like calculate round this is for treating poison yeah so this is like yeah poisons act round by round they don't have like long term so like yeah. it, you're not gonna go to, you're not gonna go down the track you know in an hour that's not how poisons work. 
Right. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do it immediately. Yeah. That's why this just is one action yeah. versus the eight hours for treat disease. So just just in case. Also, just for the listeners, I clearly knew there was something in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, I yeah. just think that uh, it would be doing a disservice to it if we just were like, oh, it's mundane. We I think, don't go in. Yeah. It's green. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's better giving. I'd say you can have your hero point back for, for, for role playing it in a realistic way. <laughs> Wasn't your wasn't your deepest most dr- dramatic role playing moment, but it was accurate. Mm. I like. That. I'll take it. <laughs> Shout out to the listeners who don't know this, but Freeman recently asked if he was giving us enough hero points, which we all said pretty much yeah. But you know what? I think it's in on his mind that he can be quite cheap with them. Yeah. Also, uh, that's that wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. The question <laughs> was, does this system work? Because if the question was, does he give enough hero points, the answer would undoubtedly be no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The question was, how are you liking the system we're using so far? <laughs> but your regular reminder, listener, write in, tell Freeman to give us more hero points. <laughs> yeah. Shoot him a text that just says hero point six oh four. Four twenty six nine six nine. Now that's the number to the, to the Colin show. It's got to be in the zoo in the morning. <laughs> it's the zoo in the morning, uh, and Tulak is going to be heading north up the other hallway, um, away from this chamber. Okay. Gilda taking the defend action follows him closely. Okay, and there's one door, single door to the north. That is on the western side of the hall. Eastern side of the hall. Eastern side. I, I, I've always been bad at my west and my east. I don't know why. <laughs> Cannot get them right. I'm the same, bud. I'm I have so, to it makes do so it in weird. my head yeah. before I say it out loud. <laughs> if I stop to do it in my head, I have to remind myself that, that west and left have the same pronunciation on the vowel. <laughs> That's how I remember. If, if you ever see me doing this and this while my mic is off, it's because I'm trying to figure out which direction is east. That's so funny. Never eat shredded wheat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never eat sour Yeah, that's worms. what I'm saying yeah. in my yeah. head, but I have to go in the direct. Like, I don't know why I have to go in the direction. I used to have to do the same exact same thing. Like, I couldn't get my left and my right, but I played piano as a kid so I'd always have to take an immediate turn to my left because that's where the piano was in my house when you walked in the door <laughs> and then look at my hands and go okay this one's left and this one's right <laughs> nice. that's hilarious <laughs> that's such an odd one I love it <laughs> oh man alright yeah. All right. avoiding notice Tulak leaves five feet in front of him for someone else to open the door <laughs> Truck is feeling brave, I guess. Uh, all right, you go up to the door, have a listen. listen. You don't hear anything. Crack a crack a doodle do. Crack a doodle do. Crack a doodle do. Crack a doodle do. You find a circular chamber, plainly used for storage. There are several casks that stack along the rounded walls, but a dull silver fills the faded runes carved into the stone walls. This is another teleportation circle. Hell yeah. This looks like your expertise, Master Tulak. Oh, fuck! That's cool. What? Uh, sorry, I was I was just um, while while I was doing the treat poison, I was I was going through the actions in Foundry, uh, and I just under uh, exploration, uh, it uh, activity or it, it's called assume a role. You've spent one hour studying a creature whose role you intend to copy and have done so within the last three days. 
you quickly and accurately learn how to do mundane jobs or at least copy the movements enough to appear as if you do. So we could just watch somebody for an hour and then become them with that cloak. Neat. Like, to the point where it would be very difficult to, uh, to to point us out. I wish I hadn't killed that bear maid all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. There's also, <laughs> there's also a, in, impersonate, but... Famous last words. <laughs> Your Honor, I really wish I didn't kill that barmaid. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, okay, also... Are you guys both... Okay, I have this dragon scale, dragon turtle scale, that um, one of you guys should have because I am not an expert in athletics. Oh, okay. yeah, that's a, that's a Gilda one because that's isn't that one of the things where it's to do with water? And yeah, it's the one that Gilda armor? gave me shit for giving her the breathing thing instead of the... <laughs> we, we can trade. I'm fine with that. Okay, let's trade. Oh, an inventory management episode, guys. You're killing me here. <laughs> Okay, for now, I don't think we need to waste an hour with this portal because we are under the crunch to find Jaffaki. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that that's a good point. That that brings me to the, what the the last episode you guys went back and forth and what way to go. You you ha- you have an idea how to get there. You know, it's I believe you know it's to the uh, southeast, and there are, as far as you tell, there are possibly two ways, and you both of them you have to go back up to the other floor. You guys went back and forth, and what you're going to do, one of them is to go back on the floor and then take the stairs down into the arena, and the other one was to um, go check... Sorry, I guess it's not necessarily both up, um, but the other one was, like, when you when you first came in, you saw the... Um, uh, whatchamacallit? The translucent wall and the Sugathi at the north and, like, looking at something in the corner you couldn't see. Uh, there looked like a doorway that led down towards there as well. And I think you guys opted to go back to that room after some debate with his goblin, but it's still up to you guys. Yeah. I like that. I think we should just go and fucking surprise attack the shit out of the Sugathi and try to... We could probably get there from the the eastern hallway in the tavern and the door to the north. Exactly. Oh yeah, that there's that one room we still haven't looked at, so... Why don't you head over there? Okay. Tulak will detect magic by the door. Okay. Uh, detecting magic. Uh, 30 feet, baby. N- no magic. Not even a weird wall. Accounting for for rules I feel like exist, but I can't, I've never really been able to find where like thickness of walls come into account, I'm going to say no. Well, I don't think thickness of walls counts at all. I think it does to a degree. You also don't know how thick the walls are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's 30 feet. But then I'm saying it's no. like, okay, all right, okay. Shout out to rules is written. Because, <laughs> like, there are certain things that, like, you know, like an, uh, uh, a thick door is not going to count. And, like, but there are certain things in the game that, like, you know, uh, things have to be lead lined in order to stop you. Or, you know, after this many uh, feet of thickness, like, you don't really get through in, um, um, in detection and stuff like that. So that's that's what I'm accounting for a little bit. Trying to keep it in the immediate vicinity so that it's actually not too um, uh, deceptive to you, you know? Like, yes, you detect it. You can detect it nearly any uh, magic anywhere, but, like, it's not necessarily the room you're in. And it's kind of just, like, spinning our wheels at that point. Okay. All right, listeners, check out uh, on our Instagram an outfitter's guide where I do rule reviews, and maybe I'll have to look into this one. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> uh, all right. 
Going up to the door, taking a listen. Hear nothing. Crack door? Rinse repeat. Yeah. Gilda will open the door, shield up. Uh, you basically are faced with a messy office, the battered wooden desk, paperwork and ink stains that scatter its surface all over. And that's about it. Oh, it's the restaurant manager's office. It's an office. Search. Let's search it. Big old search. Thorough. Damn, no door in there, hey? No door in there. <laughs> the um, Yeah, I take a look around. You can see that there's a small dented safe underneath the desk. The papers strewn about seem to have, like, supply lists. There's some weird recipes for different kinds of fungus. Employee rates. Pretty... Pretty mundane stuff. James, mm, the margins are terrible. <laughs> uh, Tulock will look at the uh, safe. Is it locked? Is it trapped? Yes, it has a very simple lock on it, but it is locked. It's probably just recreational ledgers. <laughs> Good throwback. <laughs> just a whole stack of them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, locked, but you can you can try and pick it if you like. Uh, is it is it locked with a key or with a combination? Uh, it's a key. Is it the round key I have in my inventory? I can give it a go and it does not work. Okay. What about the tarnished silver key I have in my inventory? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, two lock rolled a 17. Yeah, that cracks it open, actually. Oof. Yeah, that it's, was a, it's a real, die, real simple lock. It's not, uh, not special at all. You crack it open and there is inside... Uh, neat stacks of coins. Well, they were neat until you jostled it. 34 gold. 179 silver. And 57 copper. And there is an elaborate four-pronged key. Ooh. Oh, maybe it opens the safe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to throw that into Gilda's inventory so that all the, we have some keys in the same place. Same place. Yeah, sure. And that's that's it. This is a this is an, an episode of conversation, murder, and fruitless <laughs> near fruitless exploration. <laughs> uh, so Gilda would kind of have a sense of direction based on the Wayfinder's compass underground. Mm-hmm. So she wants to specifically investigate this wall, okay, for like um, like a secret passageway into that hallway. Sure. Uh, yeah, you go give it a little looky-loo, and you don't find anything. When Tulok was up in the circular staircase room, because I mentioned that I looked in twice, uh, was there a door at that level going in any other direction? Uh, yeah, there was, there was a... Uh, well, I guess you didn't come down this area. Did you? I forgot you didn't come down that way. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was another door uh, on the eastern side of the circular chamber. And actually, when you peeked in, too... There was um, the northern side of the door appeared to be, or of the circle, sorry, is uh, is another translucent wall um, that looks into a cave system mm. of sorts. I did notice uh, in the circular staircase to the north, another room, or doorway at least, that moved to the east. Perhaps we could go through there, but it might be a dead end. I'm not sure, but it might be worth a look. They might not be attached. Ah, well, fuck it. We might as well just go look. We have a couple options. We could go to the north through that door that goes to the east or very far to the south. Maybe the south is better because it's a little more direct for now. 
Because that's the that that area is the where you came in. Yeah, and then you you opted not to check out that that room to the southeast in there. Um, yeah, that at least is like tangentially somehow related to the double doors that may lead to where you need to go. Yeah. We should probably get motor in. <laughs> Those Jaffa cakes are getting stale. Sorry, listeners, again for this labyrinth <laughs> labyrinthine map that's impossible to explain in an audio format. <laughs> Honestly, I'm getting a headache just looking at it. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Long story short, they're heading back to where they first entered this level. They found that secret door, and they ended up fighting the uh, Sugafi and then finding uh, Mershin. So heading back towards that secret door. Um, and as you do, and you make your way back into that room with the translucent wall, the wall is no longer translucent. It's opaque? You know it! <laughs> <laughs> so, things to remember. That last Sugathi has that link thing with the other one potentially it may be people are aware that we're down here and killed shit it would be surprising if they weren't yeah we did just start and finish a tavern brawl <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do it that wasn't a brawl it was a moida <laughs> okay Tulok is going to avoid notice heading through the south falling gilder yeah okay and so you're heading to the door. Yeah, detect magic. Listen, the good stuff. The good stuff. Uh, listen, hear nothing. Check the door. No traps. Uh, detect magic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, now, excluding the magic wall. Still magic? Yes. Still magic. And what type? Uh, that one would be transmutation. Okay. And I can also pinpoint to the five foot cube coming in it's heightened now so <laughs> i can pin put to like a five foot cube where it is where, where yeah you can look at the square that the magic is oh in. oh okay. i was seriously yeah i was uh, okay yeah um yeah sure uh so you feel you feel several options in the room ahead of you okay fair enough Tulak is just gonna say there's quite a bit of magic in there Transmutation, I believe. So keep your head up. You feel a, com- a combination of transmutation and evocation. Pop it. Pop the door, and you see a 10 by 10 room with cluttered tools, scraps of wood, furniture is haphazardly stacked in the cramped space. Shield up. She takes a step in. Basically, seems to be a storage closet of some kind. Before Gilda touches anything, does Tulok think? Or is there any way to tell if there would be a mimic in this room? That uh, is a very good question. Let me just double check the actual monster ability on the mimic. Yeah, you can roll. You can basically roll um, a perception check against uh, its deception DC for its mimic object. Uh, if Tulak points out that that's what this could possibly be, I think we're all going to roll perception. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. It's a 22 for Gilda to start it off. 25. 16. None of you detect anything uh, mimic-like. Gilda will step five foot to the south to give the boys room to work. Uh, Tulak steps in and now would like to search for those magic items. Okay. Krakow would like to search the walls. 
Give me a perception check. 23. Uh, to start, you find, uh, as you're searching around, you find two uh, vials of green liquid that uh, don't appear to be magical. Um, oh. They are alchemical. Oh. Uh, so crafting check on that to figure out what it is, if someone wants to. Kreka will take those. Sure. 17 for the first one, the two on the die. Um, I'm afraid you don't know what it is. Uh, but they appear to be identical, so you don't know what either of them are. Okay. And the magic stuff? Magic stuff? Uh, roll me another perception. I rolled one, 23. Oh, uh, yep, you find... He could also theoretically just pin it down with his five-foot square detect magic and then thoroughly search. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about, like, just adding a bonus to these procession checks so we can kind of do that. Like, give yourself an auto-critical success aid kind of thing, plus two every time. You find a mummified hand that hangs in a golden chain, its gnarled fingers locked in a peculiar pattern. Ooh. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> Not the first time we've come across one of these. Tulak will put it in Duffy's mouth. Okay. Eat the hand, Duffy. <laughs> Do we know the owner of this hand? <laughs> not, not, not that you know of, no. Um, it uh, For some reason, I actually skipped this on purpose because it seemed like an odd detail, but it specifies a mummified elf hand. But uh, there's no particular check that's better. Duffy's like, oh, that's, that's a weird one. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's, oh, it tastes all briny and ooh. 24. Uh, I was going to say, let me handle that in case it's cursed, but okay. <laughs> this is a hand of the mage. It's a necklace that basically with two action command and envision, you can cast mage hand. Mm. Double two item. Very simple. Invested though. Would anyone like to roll off? Uh, yeah, I will roll off for that one. I think. Oh, it's a roll off. Kruk is biding his time. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's good. He doesn't understand fashion. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a 12 for two lock. 16. Hello! Don't you have Mage Hand already? I do not. I had it in my cantrip deck. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to Lady Gilda? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I want to give it to two lock, but I, I legitimately feel like I'll get some use out of that. If I don't get use out of it in the next couple episodes, it's all yours. I don't. It, yeah, go on with your bad self. Enjoy. <laughs> Tulak will turn to Kruka while this is going down and say, Kruka, can you see if there's any secret passages in this room? Of course. Um, We're also still missing more magic. Oh, yeah. Still more this magic. This would just be the evocation. We haven't found the transmutation yet. Ah. The two vials were alchemical. Actually, that was transmutation as well. But you're, you still detect... Mage hand is transmutation? Yeah. Fuck right off. Okay. <laughs> All right, I, conjuration I would let slide, but well, transmutation. Sorry, to be fair, the item is transmutation, not necessarily the spell. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it makes more sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You still detect more transmutation and uh, evocation in the room. I will look for it. All right, roll me another perception. Twenty-five. Okay, uh, you find a little metal grasshopper studded with emeralds. Uh, that's usually clasped to the legs of a suit of armor. Ah. Um, Tulak puts that in Duffy's mouth. Oh, 
Oh, I love, I absolutely love crickets and such. Oh, but it doesn't taste like that at all. It's metal and weird and it scratches my throat. Uh, no particular, <laughs> no particular uh, school of magic or whatever. Are you implying that our sock puppet backpack has taste buds? <laughs> that, uh, 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 according to the request of Head Reaver, yes. <laughs> okay. Just checking. The detail of our patron was that it, wanted, it always tastes like something. Give something back. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. this is a talisman known as an emerald grasshopper. So you can fix it to your armor, which takes 10 minutes. When you, when you consume it, you basically free action in vision. And uh, the trigger, you do it when you trigger with a high jump, but you haven't rolled yet. You have to be an expert in athletics. Uh, and then when you activate it, you succeed at the athletics check. Um, you leap up to 50 feet vertically and up to 10 feet horizontally. Uh, if you critically, wow. critically succeed, you leap up to 75 feet vertically and 20 feet horizontally. It's a massive jump. Um, huge. If you don't end up uh, end your jump in solid ground, you flutter in the air until the end of your turn, then fall harmlessly at a rate of 60 feet per round until you reach the ground. Whoa. So it basically comes, comes a slow fall included, basically. <laughs> yeah. You can just slide that into my inventory. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> no for Krukka? Well, I'm the only one who can use it. Yeah, Krukka's only trained in FMs. Oh. All right. I mean, it doesn't mean he still can't be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, well. Has he been a dick about anything yet? Just remember, you got to affix these beforehand. Yeah, so she's just going to spend 10 minutes affixing it now while you guys are searching for, mm-hmm. theoretically, the last piece of, of, of magical treasure. Cool. All right, roll me another perception. Mm. 13 for me. Mm. Having a hard time finding this last object. Krucker, you want to give it a go? Yeah, if he points Krucker towards it, uh, 28. Oh, yeah, that'll do. You find a sort of carved and lightly roomed iron cube mm. that is emitting evocation magic. Taste this bag. Oh, it's like a it's 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 not quite like a cube of the Rubik's kind. Oh, it's uh, metallic. It's uh, not special, but kind of special. There are no advantages in your check. Okay, is the rune like a property rune? Uh, not none that you've not 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 any that you've seen like or recognize. Man, I can't use words. Okay, twenty-two. Ah, meat to beat. Uh, this is another nice. talisman, but this one affixes to your weapon. Requires that you are expert with the affixed weapon, and uh, you can use a, a double a two action to use uh, the knockdown feat, level four knockdown feat. Ooh, damn! Yeah, Krakow wants that. Yeah, it's to. It's a blackened iron cube that's attached to the weapon in some some way. Yeah, if you have the knockdown feet, ignore normal size restrictions. So I don't think anyone has it already. So. That's a Krukka. Yeah, I don't use a weapon often enough, and I'm already a Titan brawler, so like I'm not I'm not super worried about it. Cool. Now this has an aesthetic that pleases me: a blackened <laughs> iron cube. <laughs> so you might want to fix that to your weapon in advance as well. Yep, he will do that right now. Okay, um, so did Krukka get a chance to do that uh, thorough search, see if there's a... Yeah, didn't come across any secrets, any doors or anything. Well, so much for that, but at least the walls aren't transparent anymore. Maybe we can sneak up on it that way, or two lock. You could throw on your fancy new cloak and pretend to be uh, a Morlock or one of, one of the Velstr- uh, the, the Erdafon. Yeah, so 
I have the Hat of Disguise greater as well. What if you pretend to be the Erdophon? Krucka takes the Hat of Disguise and pretends to be the um, Drider, and Gilda, uh, weaponless, uh, you know, pull, pulls a Chewbacca. In <laughs> That's a great idea, but unfortunately, I don't think the uh, Hat of Disguise will allow anyone to become the Drider. We could pick something else, or we could just roll up there. It's a single Sigathi. You fought one already with dress cans and kicked their ass. Tulok is going to avoid notice and lead the way ahead of the group. Gilda, shield up, follows behind, and we are going to head down that hallway next to where we came in. That long hallway that that was lined on one side of that transparent uh, wall that is now opaque. Krucka scouting dutifully behind them. Okay. As they peer around the last couple corners, Tulok would just like to search for traps. Search for traps. And you are moving along, turning the corners. You get to the corner. And are you peeking around? He, stealthily as possible, peeks around. Okay. Just as you peek around the corner, you hear a little chinkily chank from Lady Kelda's armor <laughs> and you peek your head and you can see the Sagathi slithering there on the other side of the room um, that is around the corner to your right uh, and just as you peek a corner it just slithers forward one step and we're going to call it there and you're going to start with a will save son of a biscuit <laughs> boo <laughs> Boo! Boo! I was scouting ahead. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc., used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at UnchartedNorth.ca, Patreon.com slash UnchartedNorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.